Well, hello everybody and welcome back to the All Saints podcast. As you can see, if you're watching on video, it's just me here today. I'd hoped to bring you another very special guest for regulars, one of your favorite and most requested guests, but unfortunately he's ill today. So it's just me and this gives me an opportunity to address a question that I've wanted to talk about for some time. It is the question, what should I wear when I come to church? Now, this is an interesting one because uh, it's a question that has been raised more frequently in recent months, in part because I think the Lord is continuing to bless us with uh, growth here. Uh, we've had just last week, we had three households joining it. As I record this, it's 22nd of November. We had three households joining last week, and it's just been great to see the growth the Lord has brought to us here at All Saints. And But with that growth comes uh, an increasing cultural diversity, could we call it that? People coming from different backgrounds, um, uh, rural, urban contexts, uh, different subcultures, uh, and of course, people coming from different church cultures. So some people have come from a background where they've got a very, very well-defined expectation of this is what I should wear for church. This is what my mum and dad and my grandma and grandpa always used to wear and what they always told me to wear. And the church I used to go to, everyone was like this, and therefore this is how I should dress. Other people have um, not had that background or um, they've been in a church context previously where they're encouraged to wear whatever you want and it doesn't matter. Um, and so what this does is generate uh, a texture or divergence among different groups of people within the congregation. And it's worth addressing this, firstly, because it does matter what we wear for church. And secondly, because it's important that we handle this difference in the right way, because it has the potential, perhaps you wouldn't believe this, or perhaps you would, it does have the potential to create division among us. Wouldn't the devil just love it if he could create a sense of uh, resentment or even contempt from one subgroup within the congregation or saints directed towards another because, well, those people don't dress smartly enough for church. Let me tell you, the devil would love that. And therefore, we need to have a little bit of clear thinking just to make sure we're all on the same page with the right set of expectations. And importantly, with a little bit of the kind of theology and uh, uh, cultural awareness behind the scenes so that we know what's going on, so we know why we have the expectations that we have. So let me just throw a few thoughts out to you. Uh, and hopefully this will help as you're thinking about, you know, what do I wear for church? And maybe for some of you, it will uh, change what you're doing a great deal or change what you're doing a little bit. Uh, for others, it might give you a sense of, ah, that's why my grandma and grandpa used to tell me that I shouldn't wear this and I should wear that. And actually that might mean that I'm doing the right thing now or I could tweak it a little bit or whatever. Anyway, so a couple of thoughts. First up, what we wear for church is not irrelevant. It's necessary to say this for a number of reasons. One reason is that uh, there are a number of churches that for all kinds of uh, good reasons, in a sense, that they have the right kind of intentions, will explicitly say it doesn't matter what you wear. And in a sense, they're right. OK, if you go to some church websites and I found this myself as I've been looking at other church websites, um, it's one of the things I have to do, especially when I'm uh, involved in rebuilding our own church website. Anyway, I digress. If you look at some church websites, they have their kind of FAQs. And and it's clear that some people who are thinking about going to church want to know what they should wear. And the website will ask answer it for them. And what, they'll, what it'll say is, oh, it just doesn't matter. Come wearing whatever you feel comfortable. And in a sense, that's got to be right, hasn't it? You, we don't want what people have in their wardrobe to be a barrier to them coming to church. 
Yet at the same time, do we really want to say it doesn't matter what we wear? I think we can learn something in both directions on this score. On the one hand, it absolutely does matter what we wear for church. It would matter what you wore if you were going to a wedding or if you were going to uh, a function uh, at work or if you're going to work in an office, it would matter what you wear, where if you're going to work somewhere else other than an office, it would matter what you wore if you were meeting uh, the father of the young lady whom you were hoping to get to know a little bit better. It would matter what you're wearing if you're going to a funeral, or if you're attending a Thanksgiving dinner with your family. Why would it not matter what we wore? Uh, what we wear if we come to church? I mean, obviously, it's going to matter. Uh, in biblical terms, the issue of clothing is a huge deal just think about all the stuff with joseph in genesis and david and goliath and uh, saul in first samuel what we wear is of great significance the imagery of clothing is really significant in the bible uh, the gospel uh, narrators um the gospel writers describe here and there in some detail what jesus pardon me what he wore at different stages of his final um uh, hours before his crucifixion and the reason is because what we wear says something significant about what we're doing and what we think about what we're doing so of course what we wear matters on the other hand we have something to learn even from people who say uh, it's not relevant it doesn't matter come as you are because genuinely actually none of us i hope want people who are thinking about coming to visit all saints or perhaps even coming about thinking about uh, coming to get to know us better or with the view to joining us none of us want anybody to not come to church because of any kind of anxiety about i won't fit in because of my wardrobe right so we've got <coughs> pardon me we, we do have something to learn from people who say it doesn't matter it doesn't matter as an entry requirement we don't want wardrobe considerations to be something that keeps people away from Jesus Christ. And yet, I want to suggest that as part of our growth in maturity, part of our growing up in Christ, one of the things, one of the many thousands of things that we ought to be thinking about is, well, how does it matter what I wear? And in biblical terms, it's, it's going to matter. Uh, behind this is the Christian doctrine of creation and the biblical critique of Gnosticism. Gnosticism is the view that the only thing that matters is what's in your mind. Gnosticism comes from the Greek word gnosis, which means knowledge. And it reflects a, it's an ancient heresy, late first century and second, third centuries. Uh, the idea was that it doesn't matter what you do with your body. It doesn't matter about physical things. Salvation arises uh, from coming to know certain uh, inside truths about the world. And in fact, the body doesn't matter morally in some streams of Gnosticism. It didn't matter whether you sinned with your body because it's all about what's going on in your mind. But what Gnosticism, what various streams of Gnosticism have in common is that physical things, bodily things are of no spiritual, quote unquote, significance. And the Christian doctrine of creation drives a truck through that because what it says is that, well, this material spiritual divide doesn't uh, track down to the moral realm. Yeah, there's a distinction between the mind and the body, but both mind and body matter morally, which is why when God created the physical world, he pronounced it good. And it's why Jesus rose bodily from the dead and will one day raise us bodily with him too. So the Bible is emphatically anti-Gnostic. Uh, we recognize that 
in all kinds of different ways by affirming the importance of the physical body. And one of the things we want to affirm is it matters what we wear. So it's not irrelevant, even though we do want to say, and I hope that this is what we'd say, it's certainly what you ought to say to somebody who comes to church wearing something that you would consider viscerally inappropriate. Welcome, come on in, great to see you. So it's not irrelevant. Second, given that it's not irrelevant, how do we avoid a kind of superficial view of what is right and what is not right that is just informed by uh, cultural practices that might be meaningful for us and not meaningful uh, for other people? This really gets to the heart of the problem of once we've said it matters what you wear, how do we avoid stipulating a dress code? Like guys, polished shoes, um, uh, slacks or smart trousers, uh, a jacket that matches, shirt buttoned up to here and a tie that comes down to there. And we'll try that in um, rural Kenya, uh, a few miles from where my friend Kip Chelishaw is a pastor. I can pretty much guarantee that there are a number of different subcultures in rural Kenya that wouldn't even recognize that stuff for guys. And then as soon as you start looking at what the ladies wear, uh, my goodness, you yeah, you'd have some surprises. You can't uh, change the affirmation that it's not irrelevant what we wear into a dress code. Uh, in part, it's the obvious point that this is just these are cultural stereotypes that exist at any one time during uh, any one time within a subculture. And at All Saints, we are blessed to have people from a whole bunch of different cultural backgrounds, and we can't impose one blanket set of expectations over everybody else but even within subcultures pardon me um allergies again my eyes are itching um uh even within a given subculture um expectations change during time i was listening to some um, psychologists talking a few weeks ago about um uh, some work that was done back in the 60s uh to try and uh, place a monetary value on uh, different distasteful activities that people were asked to consider performing. It's like, how much money would I have to give you in order to strangle a cat? How much money would I have to give you in order to spit on a crucifix? Uh, it's slightly strange and odd things, but the idea was to place on some kind of scale of values um, how much people liked and disliked different things. Now, one of the things that they said, and I'm not kidding you, this is middle of the 20th century, how much money would I have to pay you in order for you to walk down uh, a main thoroughfare in New York City without wearing a hat. There we are. Right nowadays, if you walk down Main Street in, in uh, New York City, you'll find men, and these, the survey was asked of men, uh, most men are not wearing a hat. But back in the middle of the 20th century, if you walk down Wall Street or something, of course you'd be wearing a hat. You wouldn't be seen outside your uh, domicile without appropriate headgear. Shades of Jeeves and Worcester, isn't it, if you've ever seen um, the televised versions of that or read the books uh, Jeeves is horror that uh, Mr. Worcester will be seen in public wearing that article. Uh, right. Well, those conventions change over time. And what we don't want to do is to enshrine a kind of de facto dress code or saints that amounts to what smart people used to wear 40 years ago. And then we're all trying to struggle around through Goodwill stores and um, online retailers to try and figure out how we can dress up to that arbitrary standard. So it matters. It's not irrelevant. But we want to avoid this sort of superficial cultural stereotyping. So how do we do it? Okay. Uh, I had one solution for you. 
which I thought worked. And then I thought, now hold on, I think I can improve it a little bit. Uh, the solution that I thought worked was to say, wear for church the smartest clothes that you have. Now, what's good about that? Well, firstly, smartest, oops, here's me hitting the microphone, uh, means that we're taking seriously the objective reality that we should wear, what we wear matters, uh, our clothing matters. Um, if the smartest thing that you have uh, is smarter than a baseball cap and a ripped t-shirt and a pair of dirty jeans, you should not be wearing a baseball cap, ripped t-shirt and a pair of dirty jeans to church. In other words, the smartest thing that you have recognizes the objective importance of clothing is not irrelevant, but it also recognizes the culturally subjective element that we don't want to just embrace current cultural stereotypes because it's the smartest thing you have. Now, why would that matter? Well, of course, because what we're doing at church is the most important thing we ever do. The most important meeting of the week is our meeting with the living God by his spirit in Christ on the Lord's day. So for me to say, just wear the smartest thing you have is going to simultaneously recognize our differences. People come from different cultures and subcultures with uh, different um, professions. Uh, you li we live in different parts of uh, the DFW area and surrounding area. We've got different wardrobes. We've got different kinds of smart clothing. So it recognizes those differences while at the same time encouraging us all to take seriously what it is that we're doing when we come to worship God. And nobody needs to go out and buy a new wardrobe. Nobody needs to spend hundreds of dollars getting clothes that are suitable for church because it's just what's the smartest thing that you have. Now, um, that seems to work. I think that would probably work in, mm, I don't know, uh, two-thirds or three-quarters of cases. But here's the problem with it. Actually, maybe it won't work. If you really pushed it to the limit, maybe it wouldn't work in that many cases. And here's the reason why. Because smart can be defined in different ways, can't it? If I think, what's the smartest thing that my wife has? Well, she has a couple of dresses and um, you know items of jewellery and so on, which, honestly, if she wore them to church, you'd think she was dressed to go to the opera or something, which basically is what she's dressed up for. They're the clothes that we would wear if Nicole's parents back in England took us out to a show or something in London. Um, it would just be a bit out of place at church. It's not because it, here's the key thing, it's not because it's too smart. It's because it's the wrong kind of smart. You see the problem? Same with me. Back in the day when I used to be a musician, used to do a lot of gigs playing piano and conducting or jazz orchestra. I used to uh, conduct. Didn't know that, did you? Anyway, things you learn about your pastor. Um, well, I used to have a sort of uh, tuxedo jacket and tie with a dinner jacket and a smart shirt and a wing collar, all white and crisp. And then a kind of um, a black bow tie and shiny polished black shoes now that was about the smartest stuff i had but it's the wrong kind of smart for church if i were to pastor i wouldn't wear that for church it looked ridiculous it looked like i don't know what it would look like it would look like i found my way to a church instead of a cocktail party or something so here's the thing smart isn't quite the right uh one word summary of what we're aiming for if i say where the smartest stuff you've got and a, a anybody takes that really seriously they're going to go to their wardrobe and some people will find all kinds of different things there and you're like mm, you probably shouldn't <laughs> like wear those for church so what should you wear 
I think we need something that's a little bit more granular and specific than smart as a one word heuristic. Suppose we say instead, imagine you're going to meet somebody who's very special, very significant, very important, and you want to show that you're taking them seriously. And in fact, you want to be taken seriously by them. What would you wear? I think that's the best one line summary, which captures what our aspiration should be in relation to deciding what to wear at church. And the reason is because that's exactly what we're doing. We're meeting with the living God by the grace of the spirit in our Lord Jesus Christ. We want to show him that we're taking him seriously. So what have you got in your wardrobe that would show you're taking him seriously? I'm not asking anybody to go and buy something you don't have. I'm asking all of us to look through what we have in our wardrobe and to ask ourselves the question, well, what would I wear if I wanted to be taken seriously? What kind of things? And it's not like there's one shirt and or, or one pair of trousers or whatever that is kind of tops the list, but you may have one or two or three or a few different outfits, different kinds of things that you could wear, which constitute, it's not quite the smartest necessarily, because smart is too ill-defined. It's, this is what I would wear if I were going to meet somebody at 11 a.m. on a Sunday morning who was the most important person I knew, because that's what you're doing. Now, I'm not going to try and spell out for you what that will mean in your case. Uh, you can think of a couple of examples. Um, you can easily think of um, people whose job has equipped them with the uh, a fairly smart wardrobe of shirts and ties and suits and so on. You can also imagine people whose wardrobe has equipped them with things that are more suited, uh, who, whose work has equipped them for things that are more suited for ranching, because that's mostly what they do. Uh, I'm not going to comment at all on ladies' clothing. Lord preserve us from pastors who think they can tell ladies what to wear. Um, but what I can say is, ladies and gentlemen, what's the thing that you'd wear if you're going to meet somebody and you wanted to show this is really important to me, you're really important to me. I suspect there'd be quite a bunch of different uh, things that all of us would have that would fall relatively comfortably into that category. I'm not asking for us all to conform to the same sartorial outfit. What I'm encouraging us to do is to take seriously who it is that we're coming to meet on the Lord's Day. I think that's probably a good enough heuristic for most of us. The effect of it will be to reflect in ourselves and to communicate to others that this really matters to us. There's a danger that what it could do is to communicate to visitors and outsiders that, oh my goodness, this is a place I don't feel welcome because everybody's too smart. But that's always a danger. 
we could miss that mark by overshooting it or by undershooting it. The way to deal with the issue of visitors feeling welcome or not is to make visitors feel welcome. But I think it must be possible for us to show our Lord Jesus Christ that we are taking this meeting seriously. We're excited about the most important encounter that we have with anybody during the week and we're going to dress appropriately. Well, I hope that goes some way to answering some of the versions of that question that I've encountered in recent weeks. If it leaves these, any questions unanswered for you, then give me a shout. I'm happy to try and pick them up. And of course, if you have any other questions, comments, feedback, anything else, be great to hear them. But for now, the Lord bless you. Take care and I'll see you soon. Bye for now. Thank you.